Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. Each episode, we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, they're innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals. Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies, gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast. We have a very special night for you tonight. Uh, this is a home team podcast, so at my uh, left here, I've got Mr. Rob Adams. Hey, hey. We've got uh, Jared Bayless. Yo. Alec Langdon. And Mr. Scott Watson up on the soundboard. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a little bit different style tonight, and I'm very excited to get this going. We call this the Golden Nuggets podcast, where we're going to go through and, uh, and talk about some big brain ideas. So I'm really excited. Let's get right into it. Rob, what do you got for us? All right, all right. So um, this idea, um, I've got this journal here that I have been writing in for a minute. And every time I would have, uh, since 2017 is when I started this one. I've got another one at home. Um, but every time I'd come across something that was really like powerful, an amazing idea that like I really wanted to noodle on, I'd put it into the Golden Nugget Journal. This is something, it's like... Um, there's just the punchlines in here, though. There's not like the story. There's not the whole the the evidence before the evidence behind it. It's just the punchline of the the golden nuggets. And so when my my posterity reads this, they're going to be like, "What the heck is this talking about?" But because it just has um, like single lines in there, like the tyranny of reasonable voices, and it reminds me of a lesson that I learned. One of the lessons that I'd like to start with is um, choosing your hard. Okay. Um, when it comes to choosing your hard. Um, I am the believer that life is going to be hard. Life is hard. Um, but the only thing that I have control over is my ability to react to the stimuli that I'm given and to choose my hard. Um, there was a period of time where I weighed 120 pounds more than I weigh right now. And it was hard. It was hard. Extra full-figured fella. Yeah, triple full-figured fella. <laughs> and, um, F. Yeah. E-F-F-F. Yeah. And, um, and it was hard for me to go to the gym, but now that I go to the gym and I've lost that 120 pounds, I realize how hard it was to be that overweight. Yeah. It was hard to pick that up and put that down. It was hard to get out of bed. It was hard to feel confident and attractive. It was hard to feel successful. And I was very successful at the time I was doing some great business. Um, and that was hard. Now people would say, well, I don't like going to the gym because it's hard. Well, I'm choosing my hard. And so I say this to you because there's many examples in our lives where we could choose this or that. I could choose, for example, um, marriage is a difficult thing. Marriage is hard. It's hard to be married, but it's hard to be single right now. It's very mm -hmm. difficult. And, and there's, I know 50% of the people sitting at this table at the mics um, understand what I'm saying. It's not easy to be a single person, um, but it's, it's not easy to be married. And so you've got to choose the hard that you're after. If that's true, then intentionality becomes a very big player. And I, and I want to throw that on the table. Like, what is something that you've chosen your hard? Why, and, and why? Why have you chosen that? Mm. Because we all have to make that choice. As men, if you're not choosing, then you're choosing. If you're not choosing, then that's a hard. I don't want to decide. I don't want to make that decision. Well, you've decided, and that's a hard. Not deciding is hard. 
Interesting. And so the way that I look at it is I would rather the, I would rather battle the battle that I want. I'm going to battle the battle that I choose. And I, I choose to be healthy, which is hard. It's hard. I know I need to stop eating at a certain period of time. I know I need to keep my diet intact. I know that I need to exercise. I know that I need to go for a walk. I know that I need to turn the TV off. It's hard sometimes, especially in the winter. Early in the morning, yeah. I, I get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock to go to the gym, and it's snowing outside. Man, I do not want to roll out and drive to the gym. Right. And that's hard. But I look at my body now. I'm 52 years old, and I'm in terrific shape. I'm probably in the best shape I've been in since high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that I chose that hard. Hmm. That's really interesting. I, I deploy a different uh, verbiage on this, but it's the exact same thing. I, my thing is, is like life's the game that you choose to play. Mm. Okay. And my background and everything I choose, like I choose to frame everything as a game. Um, and then I play it. So part of the game that I choose on this is I call it the game of ore, right? So something comes up, my, uh, the bills are due today. Okay. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. But, or I have all the money that I need to take care of my responsibilities. Like the, like that, or how are you framing the game that you're about to play? That's really interesting. But you're always framing on that it's gonna be hard. Like a mindset deal. Yeah, which, which choice am I gonna to make today? And then I'm, when I choose my hard, then I become unreasonable about it. And I feel like that's the key to my success. I'm unreasonable about the hard that I choose. If I choose that I'm gonna make these phone calls, well then, Damn it, I'm going to make these phone calls. Yeah. I'm going to choose to do it. I made the choice. It's no longer life happening to me. It's life happening for me, that kind of a mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the choice empowers your. <clears throat> the choice empowers you to have a, a, a perspective that you're in charge, yeah. right? Like, I feel like the... An illusion, the, yeah, almost. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. But it, it, that's, that, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. if you can still... Ha- if a placebo pill works, it's, yes. it's still a solution to some extent. So yeah. if you're convincing yourself, it still works. And I think changing the verbiage where you're, where you're saying, I have enough money to pay all my bills, that's, that's a big oh, it's shift. shift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's either the first and like, oh, oh God. God, here we go. I'm about to lose all my money for the month. <laughs> or, or, shit, I'm cool. I'm good. I, made I got it. We made it again. Yeah. Another month down. Yeah. We'll In the go books. for the next one, you know? The one thing I uh, really do like about choosing my heart is that um, I'm then becoming incredibly accountable for the results of my life. I am no longer sitting around thinking, poor me. All the things that I have in my life that I'm sitting here tonight is because of choices that I've made, choosing yes. the right heart. Coming down here and being away from my family, it's hard. It's a, it's a different kind of heart. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful to do it because I can see that this is there's a reward mm-hmm. here that's, that is going to be great one day. I agree. And so when I choose my heart, it's kind of on an ROI basis yeah. like my my return on my investment which hard is going to be better for me hmm. do you ever explore hards do you yeah. ever like not quite know what hard you want and so you have to kind of dabble in each I, I, for example my in my own life the way that i would relate this is like right now i'm i'm new ish to the professional world i got out of college and, and i went from an internship that was helping me complete college straight into working for that state agency that i was interning with for me, I've kind of been feeling like I 
need to decide, I need to get some more experience in the private sector and understand whether or not I want the hard of the public sector or the heart of the private sector. Because the heart of the public sector is being, in from my perspective so far, is being underpaid for providing a, a necessary service and and feeling undervalued for providing value to your community that yeah. other companies, other private sector people don't or don't think about nearly as much. And so, but I don't know if this hard, I don't know if the private sector hard is better or worse for me. And so it's kind of hard how do you make those decisions, I guess, if you're uneducated on what that hard's going to feel like? Do you dabble? Do you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that your um, clarity in hard gets um, better the older you become. Sure. As I look back, I, can, I have a history now of like, I know how my brain works and I know that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm unemployable. I know that about me. <laughs> and because I'm unemployable, I'm a private sector guy that has to work for himself. Because I've tried those hards, I've tried them out, and I would have never known that if I wouldn't have um, done the, you know, I worked for the government and I did those things. And because of those things, I'm much better where I'm at today. And so um, I don't know if the hard is to be weighed that way. The hard is more of something like um, today you get to choose to have the, a good attitude or you get to choose to have a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. They're both, both they can hard. both be kind of difficult. Right. When you wake up on Monday morning, you don't feel like jumping out of bed and high fiving people all the way to work. However, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, if you, you choose, have a job. It's if you your choose to to high five everybody on the way to work. Your day is going to be way better. Way better. Mm. And so that hard is a choice that then there's the good ROI. There's right? an ROI. There's to a it. good return. Right. On right. So maybe the way that I weigh that is like a, almost a fulfillment level, more than like a, a I don't know what I would have been comparing it to monetary, monetary value or anything yeah. like that, but it's more like, how do I feel about it? Do that's I right. feel fulfilled with it? Do I feel like it was pos like it has a positive impact? And if it is, that's a heart I should be choosing. Right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. It, it is funny. You mentioned changing verbiage, right? Cause we're saying the exact same thing. In my mind, I play this game every single day. Yeah. Okay. But my verbiage, cause right now you're saying this and I'm pushing back on it because what's hard. Right. Well, we're we're gonna have to do something today. That's why I like the. That's why in my mind the same. It's, we're talking about the exact same thing. But mine is, what game am I gonna play? What game are you willing to play? What, what, right. Yeah. But then I can frame it because you're you innately have an a, uh, an understanding of games, whether it's a board game, a sport, or whatever like that, and you understand that there's rule structures and whatnot. More importantly, there's an objective to what you're trying to accomplish. So mm -hmm. what's a win? If we're going to play a game, obviously all any game you play, the objective is to win, right? Right. So if you get to pick your game, you're trying to pick the outcome, the the win that you want to have for that. Hmm. I like that. I like framing it that way. I think choosing your hard um, is the way that the reason that it works for me is because I have a tendency um, to try to do things as efficient, efficiently and easily as possible. Oh yeah, yeah. Path and, of least resistance. Right, and so oftentimes the path of least resistance is a choice of hard. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna. It doesn't matter today if I make that phone call. It it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter if I get up and go to the gym today. It's I'm just gonna. Yeah. That 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 path of least resistance is a choice of hard. I'm, I'm yep. working towards heart disease. I'm working towards being broke, and so that's the way that I look at it. Is like there's. There's not the easy is I guess the illusion. Hmm. I guess maybe the way that I would look at that is I've been told before and and read before in books that if you develop that that bad habits are oftentimes reinforced by good results. Hmm. So you develop a bad habit because it's a shortcut 
to the result that you're looking for, right. which may work for some period of time, but there's detrimental results from Long that on term. the back end, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe I, I look at it in that way too. If you're choosing the right hard, you're not developing those bad habits. It's kind of you're choosing the more difficult way, but the long-term impact is positive. Very good. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about those little choices every single day that can add up to being broke or having heart disease. Yeah. Just one little choice. I'm going to make this one phone call. That's all. I'm going to do it. Yeah. One more. Just one more call. Procrastination is the killer. Yeah. There's a book called The uh, Atomic Habits. Oh, such a good book. And uh, man, it is one that I really love. And it talks about these compounding or the compound effect is another book that's amazing along these lines. Talks about the compounding results of these tiny little decisions that we make every day and how we can stack these habits um, every day to become more effective, to become a little bit sharper every day. And the truth is, is if you're not doing that, if you're not growing and becoming sharper, you're, you're dying. Yes. We're not, we are never static as, right. as these organisms are. The minute I'm sitting down relaxing is the minute my body is starting to go that direction. Yep. There's, there's momentum in each, each decision. Body mm-hmm. at rest stays at rest. Right. I was just listening to a PBD podcast and he was talking the same principle, different verbiage, but um, he's talking about sequencing, like the, the art of winning is sequencing. It's, it's not just one event. It's a sequence of choices and events that lead to the one event that you actually qualify as the quote unquote win. Oh, that's such an interesting perspective. I was just thinking about that today. The, 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 um, universe has your back book that I'm, uh, I'm actually listening to it on audible. If you guys don't have Audible, get out. Get mm-hmm. Amazing book. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. But um, in the universe has your back. They were talking about um, the the story that you tell yourself and like what is the most. It was a it was a practice exercise in trying to identify what is the uh, most detrimental story that you tell yourself. And and so for me, one of the things that I was uh, thinking about is that I have this perception that I'm always my timing's always off. On things like I just missed that or like like that opportunity happened four years before I was old enough to grab it or something like that or or literally as much as my elementary school got AC the year after I left it's like, what the hell man right. I could have had AC and I was just a year, a year they like a dollar short exactly always. but it, I started thinking about it. it's like man but a lot of these kind of missed quote-unquote opportunities were really just pointing me in a direction towards a different opportunity that I then grasped, and that was actually that got me to where I am. So in a way, it's like it was, it was sequencing the whole time, and I was just not privy to it. Yeah, I like that. I am a big believer there are no accidents. Yeah, and you're in the right place at the right time. And if you would have been there four years earlier, could you have even received it or mm-hmm. been able right. to like? digest the opportunity you know what i'm saying like or even notice the opportunity even notice the opportunity see the opportunity yeah. and so looking backwards is always poison in yes. my opinion it's poison. always poison mm-hmm. and so you have and my belief my mantra is i'm in the right place at the right time right here always and now. all here and now baby and that's and that's all that matters right and so Ooh, can sh- i give you a golden nugget that i have for that yeah let's go so the past this is again my framing in verbiage the past is nothing more than data Okay, all you can do is draw upon it for reference, but the second something is over, you have to cut the emotional ties. You're, you're here and now, your emotions and everything need to be present here. The past is nothing more than data. We can just look at it, use it for reference, and but not you make have that same mistake and again. not make that same mistake again, but it, that's all it is. And if you frame it as such, it makes it really easy to cut the emotional ties because that's the big draw. 
like, oh, that pit that comes in your stomach. I should have said this. I should have oh, done yeah. this or whatever like We're that. We're the only species that ruminates. Right. That goes back and, right. and re- like, you know what? I should have said, gosh, I should have told her. I should have said. I should have done. Or I shouldn't have said. But, yeah, or yeah, or I shouldn't have one. said. Yeah. But I always, anytime I have those thoughts, it's like, it's just data. Yeah. It's just data. Like, it's just information that happened that we can draw upon. That's it. Yeah. Which brings me to my next nugget. Okay. That's powerful. That was a great segue. I like, I'm excited for this nugget. Really? Yeah. Good. Um, You and I have talked quite a bit um, in detail. You and I personally have talked a lot about thought filters. And you have a thought filter, um, kind of a on-off switch. Now what? On-off. Now what? It's a simple decision. Um, I learned this thought filter um, back when I first got into real estate. And it is something that has really eliminated a ton of stress in my life. And so I just want to share this thought filter with you guys because it is just, it's wildly powerful if you can continually be running this idea through your head. It's almost like a, it's it's a filter. So the first question that you have to ask yourself when you're um, ruminating or you're thinking about it is, is this true? A lot of the things that we think about are completely fabricated. We're like making it up. When this happens, then, you know, if the inspection comes in and I've said this, and if she says that, then I'm going to say that. Like we make up this whole, we make up a lot of drama. And so it's important that we stay in the, is this true? Is this really true that this is happening? The second question that you need to ask yourself is, can I do anything about it? A lot of the things in the world you cannot do something about. I cannot do anything about what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. Mm -hmm. There's nothing it's outside my scope of, of, of power, but I can do, I can do something about people who are struggling with hunger right now. I can. And so I'm going to do something about it. And so if I can, then I do something about it. If I can't, you make that decision. The third step in that process is if you can, it's massive action. If I can do something about it, I'm going to do something about it. And if I can't do something about it, I'm going to give it away. I'm done with that. It's the, it's these, you take these three steps and it solves the problems quickly. Is it true? Can I do anything about it? And then if you can, take massive action. Take care of it. Don't ruminate on it. Don't continually think about it. If I've offended you, Jared, and I realize that it's true, I've actually like said something that was harmful, and I and I come to that, and I can I do something about it? I absolutely can. I'm going to call you, and I'm going to plainly apologize for my behavior. Your decision on how you react is your decision. Right. And I can't do anything about that, but then I'm going to leave that behind. As I'm running through these ideas, I've really come to the belief that most of the problems that we're ruminating on are fabricated problems. We're making them up. We're driving around, creating drama. I can't believe she said that. And if I get back, I'm going to do this. And then I shouldn't have said that. And and then we go back and forth and go back and forth. But the fact of the matter, this conversation never happened. I've never had that conversation with my wife. I never had that conversation with that person down at the customer service desk you know what I mean it never I'm like totally making it up and then can I do anything about it there's a lot of things that I worry about that I can do nothing about I can do nothing about my daughter's inability to drive safely (laughs) (laughs) two of them have cars (laughs) be warned (laughs) I can worry about that a lot and I have I've worried about it quite a bit there's but there's nothing I can do about it and so I'm going to surrender that I'm going to give that to the universe dear God please watch over those lunatics I need your help (laughs) yes Um, but then if I could, if I could, I would take massive action in it. And there's no hesitation in that. If you've been around me for longer than five minutes, you know that I am a man of action. If there's something that I can do, I'm doing it and I'm going to do it right now. I'm not going to do it later. I'm not going to, if there's a phone call that needs to be made, I make it right now. I want to get it taken care of because if I, if I don't, it won't happen. Yeah. I think to your point, there's always like this internal monologue going on and it, 
again, back to the book that I'm listening to right now, uh, the author is talking about how there's always this this darkness inside of you. There's always this fear. And, and if you give it space, it will grow and it'll grow. And fear, I think, is it often informs a lack of action. And so if you're always trying to evaluate, do I have control over this? Is this in my sphere of influence? And then if it is in your sphere of influence, taking action. That, Immediate, massive. That, that doesn't give that fear any room to grow. That's right. You're, you're pushing it away because you're, you're kind of your belief in the fact that you are being guided. And as long as you just keep taking action, then that, that fear lessens. I think. Right. And yeah. we can become um, paralyzed by that fear. Oh, absolutely. We can become inactive. Then we're choosing a hard, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to make that phone call. And, and the next thing I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to get the deal because I didn't make the phone call. Right. And I could have just made the call. I could have just taken the action. It's the same. It's the same exact thing that you were talking about of, of, you know, your physical body, this minute you sit down, you're taking your momentum shifts that direction. It's internal too. There's that internal momentum. If yeah. you if you always are your momentum's going towards positive and action, the momentum stays going that direction. The fear takes a back seat. Very good. I love that. You know where I think fear comes from a lot is is and this is one of the things I really learned in, in baseball is like how do you how do you think? How do you process information? Okay? Most people, um, they process first and foremost with their emotions, and that's where I believe fear comes in, okay, is because your emotions lie to you all the time. And I think the really cool part about this is God literally built you in a way to do this. It's in order. So your eyes are the first thing, your senses, right? That's input of information. And if you can be objective at that step, okay, and with all the information coming in and then know where to order it, most people will see something, they get an input, and it immediately goes to their heart meaning emotions, right? And if you put this step in between where you take the input of information, then it goes to your brain, think about it first because your brain has control over your emotions if you let it, okay? So if, you, if your inf uh, information comes in, goes to your brain, you get to choose what emotion. So is it fear? Is it not? Fear is one of those that, if, that like if you just let your emotions go, fear is going to set in mm -hmm. because your, your body is in your biological programming Fear is a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. it, the fear is what keeps you it had awake. A it had a purpose, yeah. right? But you have control over it. Yeah. So input in first. Let Think about it. Mm -hmm. Tell your heart what emotions that you want to feel about said mm -hmm. subject. And then it comes out to your hands and you take action. I like that. Okay. Then that's like, I had to use that with baseball. You have to just watch what's going on. If I get, if I lead with my heart of what's going in first, I'm going to be scared shitless because that guy's throwing 95 miles an hour with an 87 mile an hour slider. There is no reason to go up there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I also think fear is oftentimes a, a result of uh, a, a being scared of an outcome, mm -hmm. right? Or, or being, being concerned that you don't have control over a certain, like, like uh, not making a decision or not taking action. It's kind of a, a negative feedback loop in a way where it leads to fear, but then the fear informs the, the concern about the outcome. And so then you're just kind of bouncing back and forth, yeah. and, and that's how you get paralyzed, like you were describing. But that's in an imaginary loop, And right? you're, you're just bouncing back and forth between reality, emotion, reality, right. emotion. You're using As, little, your blip, little blips of information yeah. to send to your heart, and your heart then takes it, and then that's where we get the whole... Like you're saying, the spiral of yeah. what if I should have this and these conversations, and then you end up with this 45-minute conversation that didn't <laughs> actually happen yeah. with anybody, right? right? Before yeah. you actually sit back and think. And most people that I found, they 
it, 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 in the time frames of practicing this, right? Mm. They'll go, they'll see something, goes immediately to their emotions. Then we get that 45-minute conversation. Then we're going to ruminate on that for the next three days before we actually calm down enough to let your brain think about what actually happened. So that's the is it true question. Is it yeah. true? Is right. That, is, this should happen? Happen? is this, this really, really happen? Right. Yeah. Which means let your brain process that information first. Yeah. Okay, is this true? Is this something? Do I have any control over this? Yeah. That's the, all those steps, but it's got to go to your brain first. Can I do anything about this? Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I, the reason that I like this type of thinking is because it's warrior type thinking. As I've grown older, since I hit about my mid-30s, I've shifted to a warrior type thinking. Um, I, I'm less victim and more warrior in my mindset because it's come to me that it doesn't, no one cares if it's not fair. Mm-hmm. No one. It's not fair for anyone. It's not fair. Why for anyone. would I care if it's unfair fair for you for, when it's I, unfair for it's me? It's just not fair. No one. No one cares. No one gives a shit. Nope. And so, if I can think more like a warrior, how can I get my place in my mind into the right way of digesting this and reacting in a way that's effective more quickly? Then I am a more effective warrior. I'm out hunting and doing the job that I need to do in order to win more often because I'm, I'm allowed to fail and I'm going to fail often and I'm going to fail fast. But my job is to get through those fails, process it properly. And then it's just data. Right. And I'm moving forward. Right. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, the, the next thing I want to talk about is characters that we're playing. And I, I'm glad that I get a chance to share this nugget with you young men, because um, this was a lesson that was, was powerful for me. I am either an all in or an all out kind of a character. There's no, there's no lukewarm Rob. You either get hot or you get cold, yeah. right? And 100%. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's annoying. But here's what I learned is that I can't always be on. Um, and I can't always be in character. So, for example, um, this comes back to intentionality. When I decided that I was going to be successful in real estate, I defined what success looked like. And I just I defined what that character looks like. I defined what a, that successful real estate agent dresses like. And how he speaks and what he's reading and how he behaves and what his disciplines are. I got very clear on what success, I'm going to put that in brackets, what success looks like at that. And then also there's another character. So let's call that Realtor Rob. Mm-hmm. That's a character that I play. And I'm not always Realtor Rob. In fact, I'm only Realtor Rob when I'm doing my job to, to make money. But there's also a Turkey Rob. And that's a character that I play that is a philanthropist that's building a nationwide charity. And what does he have to do? How does he have to act? What kind of a leader does he need to be? I can't always be that guy. And because I'm so on or off, um, I, could, I could be it or I couldn't be it. And what I realize is that I just need to play these parts while I'm playing the parts. I don't always have to be Turkey Rob. I don't always have to be real estate Rob. There's a Rob that you guys have met in my backyard that hangs around his pool and he's a dad. He's family Rob. You've met him, and if you're one of my close personal friends, you get to meet this guy, and he's a completely different character. He talks about different things. He, different things are important to him, and when I, um, when I first started considering this duality of characters, it kind of bothered me, but what I've realized is that I need to play full-on. If I'm playing baseball, I need to be a full-on. When I'm playing baseball, that's what I'm doing. I'm full-on. Yep. I'm right. on the field. There's... Nothing else matters, nothing at home, nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. This is it. When I'm on my motorcycle, there's nothing else that matters. I'm on my bike. I'm fully focused on my bike. And so why can't I take this and apply it to my, my job? Why can't I apply it to my family or to my relationships? I'm going to always be genuine within my bounds of 
these are the rules. I'm, I don't lie. I always do my best. The pillars of who I am. I can have those pillars in every one of these personalities, but I can't always play that part. Yeah. If you come on the big day, you're going to meet Turkey Rob. He's a character. This guy, he's having a great time. He's hugging everybody. He wants to get pictures and he wants to promote it and talk about it. And you've all met Turkey Rob mm-hmm. if you've been around me for more than a minute. Not the same guy. Right? Right. And I have my friends that are close friends to me and it's almost like disorienting to them because they'll see this character show up and they're like, who the hell is this guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> like, I don't know this guy. But it's a character that I want to play. And the reason that I share that with you is because I'm, I'm genuinely that character. That, that person's important to me to move the needle in the area that's important. But I can't always be that person yeah. because it's, it's impossible. And so what do you guys think about that, about playing a part? I'm all for it. I, we, we just, before we got on here, I, same thing, again, different verbiage, putting a hat on. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. I've got a whole <laughs> plethora of hats. Yeah. And then I would throw one layer in front of that. For my mentals, I'm going to be the best at whatever I'm going to do. The very right? best. The very best. Yeah. So if I've got my baseball hat on, I'm going to be the very best that I possibly can be at that. If we're doing a, a podcast on that, like right now, I'm going to be the very best that I can possibly be at that. So be the best, but I've got – you have to have different hats. Because different if you're going to be a multidimensional player in this game of life, right, you have to. There's, yep. I don't know of anybody that, that has the luxury – of wearing one hat. Those people end up being divorced. Yes. They yeah. don't have balance. If I'm, if I'm being, when I was in law enforcement, if I would have brought Cop Rob home and I would have been Cop Rob at home, do you think that that would have gone over at home? No. No. Nope. Not at all. And that's the same way with Realtor Rob. I can't bring him home. And that guy is getting stuff done. Yes. Next, 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 next. Get to the point. Get to the point. Let's do well, this. When I, you do bring that home too, it's a real huh. problem. That I've been told many times, I'm not one of your employees. Yeah. Don't talk to me that way. I need to shift okay. gears. We'll take that hat off. And so Sorry. That's, yeah, I love that. And so that's the next step is I need to be conscious of the hat that I'm wearing. I yes. can't step into a room and not be conscious of the, the character that I'm about to play. When I get home from my listing appointment or prospecting or whatever the thing it is I'm doing when I'm real estate, Rob, I sit in the garage for a second. <sighs> Now it's time to be family time, Rob. And I go in and it's time to connect with my wife. It's time to hold my little girl. It's time to be here and now Mm -hmm. in that and be the best that I can be, which might be shitty, might be terrible. I think it's easier. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily mean. For me, it's easier to to take the family hat off and and go to work and be the, the boss. Yeah then it's harder to take the work hat off when you get home. That's, that's important to remember when you get home, I don't want to treat my kids the way I, you know, if yeah. I've had a bad day, I don't want that to reflect. Look at this mess. What are you guys doing? Yeah, the thing. You, yeah. 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 It's not, it's not a big deal. It's right. probably because kid. you wear certain hats a lot more, a lot more, right? You're theoretically, you're wearing the, the work hat way more than you're wearing the family hat. Right. And so in a true art form of, of practicing this is how fast can you get yep. the family hat on. So that's, and I, that's what brings me to my final point. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, got a trick. I love this it's, so Let much. me hear your trick. I'm, I'm curious okay. to know what it is. How do you know? How do you intentionally shift gears? Because I have signs up. If you've been to my house, I've got little signs up no, to like help me be like, oh. I noticed that. That was the those first are, thing I noticed when I went to the house. St- I've adopted that. It's. I started doing the same thing. Yeah. So when I was uh, playing... In between each pitch, okay, 
I would I had a full routine, and you see baseball guys do this. For anybody that remember Nomar Garcia Parra, where he would flip his batting gloves back and forth nine thousand times before he stepped in the box. So mine was is I would look down the, at the right field foul pole, and I called it my reset button. Okay, and I do the same thing today. When I walk in, there's a certain spot that I look at on the building I'm walking into. That's my cue of what hat I'm putting in. I'm putting on. When I go home. It's that deep breath right at the bottom of the stairs before I walk upstairs. So That's yours my, is a spatial mine cue. Mine is an actual spatial cue that I, hmm. I have identified that spot, that that's my reset button, or you could just say, like, that's my hat. Okay, that's my family hat. I have to put that hat on. Hmm. And then I look at that spot, grab it, put it on, and off we go. Just have hat racks laying yeah. around. All the time. Mine are the <laughs> signs. I have a sign at my desk. I have a sign when I walk in the door of my home. I've got I've got signs all over the place, and I have to um, to get into character to become real estate Rob. For example, if I'm going on a listing appointment, um, I don't do my gloves, but I listen to the same thing every time. I listen to the same songs. I mm. listen like I get into the space because it's about Pumped rituals. Up. We men are and rituals. We are about the rituals, and if we can be conscious of the rituals, when I'm stepping into that workspace, I'm stepping in there, and there's no one better than me. There's no one better than real estate Rob when it comes time to be the realtor. And then I step into that that charitable space, and you guys have all met that guy. You saw him on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's nobody better. There's nobody better because I'm just doing it. I'm fully ritualed into the space of being the best I can be. And being genuine while doing it. Right. And I guess that's what I want to keep coming back to. There's huh. no disingenuous behavior in there. I'm not... I'm not stepping over any principles or pillars of never lying, of always doing my best. These basic pillars that are who I am, who I've decided that's what makes me up, um, and, and doing that. And so what I'm, what I'm saying is there's, there's two parts. To, actually, there's many parts to this, but there's two big parts of it. Number one, what are your pillars that are non-negotiable pillars? I central will, part of your I will I will never lie to you. I'm too old to lie to you. I can't right. remember the lies. I don't want it's to so remember the lies. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So I don't lie. And I will always do my best, even if it's shit. It's my very best. I'm always going to give you my very best. And there's a couple of others like that. They're non-negotiables. You need to decide what those are. And then when you have your non-negotiables and you decide the character, let's say real estate Rob, know what he wears, know what he says, know mm-hmm. what he reads, know what his disciplines are. Be very clear about what that definition of success looks like. When I'm husband, Rob, I'm very clear about what principle it's going to take in order for me to have success in that area. There's no, um, I'm being intentional in every space of my life and that way I have what I want. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm a ship without a rudder and I'm being blown about the ocean in some regard of my life every day. And I, that you never get to your destination. And that destination is I want a meaningful, loving relationship with my wife. I want to make a certain amount of money every year in real estate. I want to feed a certain number of families. And that definition is so very important. I want to challenge you men and anyone watching this to get clear about what it is that defines your success in all of these areas. Otherwise, you don't know and you're going to get what you get. And it can yeah. be shitty. It could be shitty. Yeah, I like that. I like defining those lines and... And then playing all out in that space. And then also, I I, I have appreciated the, the notes. <laughs> it's all over my so house. So that's, that's something that huh, hits home for me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and if you can do it spatially, then do it. Whatever your trick is, you got to have it and just be conscious of that trick. And my notes, they don't mean anything to anybody except for me. One of the notes is like, take a breath because this matters right now. That's my, my reminder that stepping into the house with my wife and kid 
kids, if they're there, is the very most important thing that I can be doing right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's my trigger. That's what I do. Going on that listing appointment, I've got my routine that makes me just like, I'm here. I've decided. I'm making this is happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. You just defined. I feel like I, there was there was like this thing happening in my life that I didn't quite understand what it was, and you just put a definition around it. Hmm. That was spectacular. I, I knew I was gonna like that, <laughs> that specifically. Just the way that we led into it made a lot of sense. But but it, the first thing that I immediately thought about is before you had finished your thought, which now makes perfect sense. But at, at the beginning, when you were just describing that there's this core, you know, value system that that is central to all of the play or all of the characters you play, and then there's these characters. I started thinking about that in my own life and the way that I've observed other people. And it's almost a litmus test, like a perfectly accurate litmus test for successful people. If I look at someone in my workplace and I say, you, and, and it's kind of, you know, you have to get to know people almost to understand this. So it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily work as a litmus test immediately. But if I know that that person is the same person that they are at home, that they are at work, I can almost always, that will almost always be someone who doesn't find success at work because Mm -hmm. like the people that I'm talking to are like, yeah, I'm so excited to go back to the couch and watch my TV show. There's no rudder. Yeah. You're just being your, like, why are you even here? Yeah. Whereas the people who are accomplishing, the people who are at the top level, they are playing that role out to a, Mm to 110%. I would, I would even take it one step further. The high level guys, the guys that you want to look up to have multiple hats have multiple characters that they play it's almost like a badge of honor for high level individuals how many different hats and characters and it's not like they're hodgepodging them together right right it they're high level characters that they have to play this game yeah because if all right let's let's take a video game reference right if you're in a uh whatever role-playing game okay the same character isn't going to be the best character you can have for every level yeah right yep if like if you could How magically, you want to get you can't be a paladin and a rogue at the same time. Whatever that means, yes. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. If you could, if you could go through that game and remember Pokemon. Yeah. Right. To get through the first, uh, whatever Brock it was. That was right? you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For the whole game, Charizard would have been the best choice, but for that particular fight. Squirtle would have been the best choice. Sorry, Rob. Stay with me, buddy. Um, I was better with a paladin reference. (laughs) Here, wait. One for you, Scott. There's top laners and there's bottom laners, okay? And then there's the center. They're all Uh, separate roles. Oh, man. But that's that's my point. Is like if you could bring the different character, Right. right? And then you can fill your ticket no matter what situation that you're brought up against. I'll give you a really rudimentary example. As a man, especially one with a family, you should have a, a hat in your back pocket. Fight monster mode, mm-hmm. right? Somebody attacks your family or, or whatever, you know, somebody attacks your family, you pull that hat out and that is an immediate switch. Yes. I yes. call him tier one operator. Tier one operator. There you go. You're welcome. Okay. But being able to switch between all of those different hats, okay, that is a true definition of a high level player. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic old nugget. I, I think that's a great insight. Because that truly is something that I have been trying to figure out. Like, it feels almost to your point when you were describing it at the very beginning, when you had first started to notice this pattern, it, it brought you discomfort. And to the same uh, effect, it's been impacting me where I feel 
you almost feel two-faced. You feel like, am I like, am I, am I being my genuine self? Mm-hmm. But I think it that's is a big it, one because be your authentic self wherever you are. Right, but okay. you are still being your authentic self. You're bringing absolutely. your best version of you in <clears throat> that role. You, but you're you're tailoring. You're not tailoring yourself in the sense that you're putting on some sort of mask. But you're tailoring yourself in terms of I have these skill sets that will that will apply in this circumstance. And so I'm going to utilize those at 100%. I'm going to define that behavior right. clearly so that there is, I have a, I have a direction. I'm not thinking, oh, I can't wait to get back on my couch. I'm thinking right now, right here, yeah. what is the best, What who's the best Rob I need to be? Yeah. And I love how seriously you're taking it to the point of like, how does, what types of habits does this person have? Yeah. How do they dress? Like that does what impact. What does he say? It totally impacts it. If I dress a certain way one day and a different way another day, I will get comments on it. It'll yeah. change the way that people perceive the way you're doing your work. That's exactly right. And the way you take your lunch, where you go, what you eat, all of it. It all matters. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that a lot. That was a good one. That was yeah, a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, so I'm going to talk about um, relationships, the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, um, I'm going to, so um, in a different life, I used to be a police officer, and there was a gentleman that came into our jail um, who was so violent that he couldn't be around other inmates. He was so violent that you had to belly chain him, cuff him, and shackle him to take him out of his cell because he, was, he would go straight to fighting. There was no, there didn't have to be a provocation. You could give him his meal, and he would attack you. He was a, a mad dog and there was no logic to it um, one time when I was um, doing my cell check he was down in um, isolation and his name was Twitty was his last name and he was singing and I opened up the tier and in in this part of the isolation in the jail this is the old jail it's no longer there um, there was only six or seven cells in that part of the jail it was up in the mental health area because the, yeah and um, I was walking through that part of the the area, and he was singing. He was the only one in there. It, it was like like a slow season. I don't know. And he was <laughs> singing, and the acoustics in there, you know, it's just concrete. Are they're kind of incredible. Yeah. And he was singing like beautifully. Like he had the most beautiful voice. It was unbelievable. And I walked down there, and I said, "Where did you learn to sing that way?" And he's like, "Oh man, like my." mom used to drag or my grandma used to drag me to church and um she would she would take me to church every day and i'd sing in the choir and i'm like bro wow you went to church you and he's like yeah i was i was practicing to be uh i was i when i was young i wanted to be you know a preacher and i said i'm i'm gonna start calling you the honorable reverend twitty and he's like, ah, oh, man. And he, like a mean language. He was like, F you. And like going on and on. And I would call him that. And a little bit of sarcasm, right? Because this guy's a mad dog. But the other officer started calling him the Honorable Reverend Twitty. Everybody started calling him that. Other inmates started calling him the Honorable Reverend Twitty. The next thing you know, he's out in general population. And he's holding Bible classes. What? Our yeah. perspective, our perspective of who he was yeah. changed I expected him to be a mad dog. I expected him to attack. I expected him to be violent. But when I started referring to him as the Honorable Reverend Twitty, he started to think of himself as... The Honorable Reverend Twitty. And he started to behave that way. And he wow. started to, like, he um, his behavior, he calmed it down. And I'm not saying this is my fault. It was purely happenstance that it happened the way that it did. But it was such a huge lesson to me to watch this guy who was one of the most violent humans that I'd ever met become this guy that's like, okay, it's time for Bible practice and Bible study. And he was out there and he um, turned his life around. I would love to be able to find this guy again and see where he was, but he just 
completely changed because of the perspective of the people he was surrounded with. Yes. Now, the point of the story, the moral of the story that I'm going to is that my job is to surround myself with people who look at me and see me as successful, Mm -hmm. who see me as great, who see me as the character that we were just talking about that I want to be one day. I might not be successful in the light that I think that I should be successful, but my friend Topher thinks that I'm successful and he thinks that I can do anything. He thinks that I can accomplish anything that I set my mind to. And because he believes that about me and I have a ton of respect for Topher, I'm going to start believing that about myself. It's so very important that you surround yourself with people who believe in you undoubtedly. Like there's no, that you, you have no time in your life, boys, to surround yourself with people who doubt you. Yeah. And if you find one of those people that doubt you, don't be rude about it. Even family members. I've got family members who are still like, you're doing what? I love them. I absolutely love them, but they don't get any of my energy. They don't get any of my words. They don't get any of my time thinking about them because I need to spend time with people who are going to help me become the frequency or the influence in the world that I believe that I can be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Reverend Twitty was a powerful lesson because everybody expected him to be terrible. And so he was terrible. He would come into the jail again and again and again and again. And after um, a period of time, I never saw him again. I I don't know where he went. I would like to think that he changed his life because he started to refer to himself as what? The Honorable Reverend Twitty. Not just Reverend Twitty, the Honorable Reverend Twitty. And to see himself in that light. And so when I have people looking to me and they refer to me, I want them to think of Rob, that successful bastard, or whatever it is they want to say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to be referred to that way. I want people to look to me and be like, well, of course you were successful. Of course your event was successful. You're Rob Adams. And then what do I think? Hell yeah. I'm Rob Hell Adams. Yeah. I'm Rob Adams. I can do whatever it is I set my mind to. I'm good at whatever I decide I want to be good at. Whatever the thing is I want to believe. Powerful lesson. And so I want to I, I want to throw this on the table as a nugget because this is so fundamentally important to the next principle that I want to share with you. But this is a big deal. This is the reason that I'm a part of the American Masterminds. This is one of the big reasons that I'm here because I'm surrounding myself with good men mm-hmm. that I believe in. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that. That's that is a nugget. Because it works so hard and powerful in the other direction. Yes. You can believe that you are powerful and that you can do anything. And if you're surrounding yourself with people that just want to put you down at every flip and turn over and over and over again, it It becomes impossible to keep it going. Yeah, we'll start to believe them. We'll be like, well, there's more people in my life that believe that about me. Why? They must be right. We internalize these things. It's it could go both ways. Right. It could go both ways. That's but, go ahead. No, please. That's been a, a hard that I've chosen mm-hmm. is the the personal growth and you know, for a long time after high school or whatever, I just got busy doing my own thing and then, you know, had some kids and I didn't have a group of good solid dudes to bounce ideas off of. So this is a big reason why the American masterminds is a huge part of my life. Now I want to be surrounded by good dudes who I can really, you know, bounce ideas off of, or, you know, it, it's just, uh, people that believe in you. Yeah. Those check-ins. So here's the thing about this is that, um, oftentimes, um, I'll call you 
and I'll check in with you. But what I'm really saying is I need to be checked in with. And I've yeah. called, I've called, I've talked to, talked to you guys about stuff like this. Having that, um, a reliable source of someone that could be like, man, that, that sounds hard. You know, you seems like you're going through something hard, but then throw it back and be like, have you thought about doing it this way? Or whatever the words are, that is invaluable as men. As we grow older, let me start out. When we're younger, I have a, you have a circle of friends in, that you ride around with in the neighborhood, 10 or 12 guys. And then through high school, you might have five or eight guys that you roll with. But then by the time you get out of the Navy or the Army or whatever it is. Police Academy. Yeah, the Police Academy, whatever your choice is on the things that you're going to do in your life, you're down to one friend. Mm -hmm. And I would like to believe that after the isolation that we've been going through for the past couple of years, most men are down to zero friends Yeah, that they can really call and rely on. Yeah. And, and when I say call and rely on, it's not like, Hey, I need to borrow money. It's not that it's, no. it's not it at all. It's the fact that, man, I'm really struggling with my, my insert Whatever. problem here. And the person doesn't have to say anything. Just listen, just listen. And then I get to verbalize it. And you know what? I process it. And like, I hang up the phone better because I know that you're not going to judge me. Jared, if I called you and told you what's happening, you're not going to judge me. Absolutely, Alec, not. you wouldn't judge me. You would no. be like, bro, that sucks. What can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. That might be all I need. Yeah. And so as we surround ourselves, like the Honorable Reverend Tritty, with people who believe in us for a second, can, it can change everything. Yeah. Your definition of success will change. Your definition, your, your financial thermostat will go up. Your emotional thermostat will change. Like I am able to handle more. I'm, I'm able to do more. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dream bigger. If that doofus over there can get away with feeding families, well, what can I do? You know what I mean? Yep. Like all of these different little things that we are encouraging one another to do, it's endlessly powerful. And so if you're not aligned men and women with an organization that is full of like-minded people traveling in the direction that you want to go, you're missing out. <clears throat> Look for the opportunity. Yeah. American Masterminds, of course, we're always looking for good people, good men, good women that are wanting to do good in the community who are on the, the journey of self-improvement, which is, is very, is fundamental. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to create a brotherhood, mm -hmm. a family, right. and that's what this is about. And so I, I feel like a lot of men don't have, they don't have the capacity to do, to make friends like this. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it's a loss. It's, it's a, lost. We're isolated. Yeah. I think it's, it is in a large way a kind of a, a cultural or societal thing that has been pushed upon men to not cultivate those skills. Yep. Yeah. Like how much, truly how much effort does it take to pick up the phone, call someone and say, I don't. Yeah. Nothing. You good, bro? Nothing. Yeah, zero. Zero effort. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. but, and, but and there's happen. this, well, and there's there even to the point where there's like a stigma against it. Yeah. Why are you being emotional, bro? Like, it, come on. Well, it's ridiculous. But that, even at that, I, I'm with you. Like it, it, it seems to be a new phenomenon. You mm. use oh, no, uh, no. I, hold on. Oh. Okay, because there were places that guys used to do this. Yeah. Right. The VFWs used to exist. Yeah. The they Elks would go, Club. The there Elks was like Club. all of these like old men organizations that are obsolete now. Yeah. Mm. And guys or would get, guys go that, bowling. The bowling the league. Bowling leagues. Like interesting. Endless endless opportunities for guys to get together and. And they just I don't still, now. I feel like there are a lot of opportunities out there. I think people aren't seizing them. I, I, I have to I've, agree with you. I feel like the opportunities have shifted. Like if right. you want to be in the RC club, be in the RC yeah. club. But you have to be intentional about it. You can't, right. 
you can't just sit back and get hope to get invited. But I, I, I would push back on the fact that I don't think, I, I think it has always taken that little bit of, of putting yourself out there to be able to, to experience that. Yeah. You have to, whether it's, you know, go on Facebook, find a group that's around some sort of hobby that you like to do, or or Get find involved. someone that you find a, a rec league baseball team or whatever it is. You got to take that initial. Yeah. Like I'm gonna put myself out there. This is this is weird, uncomfortable. I don't know people. I'm doing something new. I'm you know, you you were a major league player, and now it's like man, rec league. Yeah. Like, but your perspective on it is like, this is fantastic. All these people, all these guys I get to play with, I get to do something I love. Once you get into it, all of those perceptions, these misconceptions we have melt away. Yeah. But I think that the opportunities are there. They're just in different places now than I think people are used to looking. Yeah. And, and the people are not taking the initiative to go out there and seek them. But if you think about for men, right, I think it's, it boils down to the fear of rejection. Yeah. Okay, if you look at like the whole landscape, think of dating right now. Mm. Okay, it is a culture of rejection. It is a culture of ghosting. People don't do it. So you eventually you get hardened to it. Where a lot of guys get caught in this is they're, they're no matter what they do, they're going to get rejected. My fear is, is that my, these guys aren't going to show up. Right. Right. So the part that you brought up, you got to surround yourself with the right guys. Well, where do you go find those guys? Yep. It's impossible. Well, I would go back to Rob's thought filter here of, is this 100%. true? Can you do anything about it? And if you can't do something. So sure. is it true that it's, in, is it true that it's impossible to find friends? No, but men? that's how a lot of people feel. You know? Sure. Yeah. But then can I do anything about it? Yes. Yes, yes you can. And then Cause be the guy take that shows up. action. Do it. Here we are, sitting around a table for five fantastic gentlemen and having a conversation that is truly impactful. Yes. Yeah. All right, which brings us to the next point of uh, being deliberate and um, living an intentional life. And I call it my MBP. Um, the MBP, or the mini business plan, as I call it, and you can name it whatever you want, but I, um, as a business coach, I've coached people on how to create an annual business plan and then a 90-day business plan and a you know, a business plan down to the week. Um, the, my success, my greatest success has become, has come. And when I say my greatest success, my ability to manifest in my life, the things that I want. So I just want to be clear on my definition of success here. So I'm manifesting the things that I want is that every day I write down on a three by five card. Cause I'm old school, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> he calls that a, a use, lucid chart. I, I use think. a pen um, <laughs> and I write it down on a piece of and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I write down um, no more than a dozen of the things that must happen today, non-negotiable things. These things must happen. I cannot sit down on the couch. I cannot go to bed. I cannot whatever insert the thing you're looking forward to at the end of the day is put it in there. I cannot do those things until this thing is accomplished. There is no procrastination. There is no... Um, there is no waiting. I put the hard things on there first. I need to make a tough phone call to Jared tomorrow. I'm going to make that first thing. I'm going to get it done when my energy is the highest. There's a couple parts to this MVP that I want to go over with you really quickly. It's not a laundry list. It's not a laundry list. Zig Ziglar talks about salespeople or entrepreneurs um, think about at work what they should be doing or what they wish they were doing all day. And then when they're home and they're with their family, with their dog, or if they're on their boat, or they're out hunting, they're thinking about all the things that they should have done 
while at the office. While they're at the office. And so they're never 100% present. This causes a, um, an ability or an inability to be happy. You're never happy. You're never going to be happy because you're always thinking about what you should have done or what you wished you were doing. Right. The MVP, I write down these 10 to 12 non-negotiable things and I spend a moment before I get in the grind and I visualize my success in each of those. Sometimes I'll have an appointment on there. I'm going on a listing appointment or I'm speaking in front of a group of people or I'm delivering a, um, a sales pitch about Thanksgiving's Heroes to a corporation. I imagine me sitting down in front of the people that are in the corporation and I imagine me explaining to them perfectly how Thanksgiving's Heroes works, why it's important that their company should get involved and the way that they're going to do it. And then I'm going to leave that meeting and we're going to be great friends and we're going to get, give each other big hugs and it's going to be great. I visualize my success in that motion. I visualize my success when I get home, when I walk in the door and I'm going to spend time with Annie or whatever the thing is. Professional athletes, when they're walking into the stadium to play basketball and they have their headphones on, do you think they're thinking about what they should have done all day? No. They're thinking about the game. They're seeing themselves win. They're seeing themselves catch that ball, deliver the ball. They're seeing themselves going down, mechanically doing it, doing it, winning. How is it going to feel when I won? How is it going to feel when I hold that trophy above my head? I'm going into these appointments and I'm visualizing my success in each and every single one of these movements every day. Now, that might be difficult for you to do because you don't have like, I'm going to get to work and I'm, I do this one thing all day. That might be true. But what are the things that you need to do in order to make that happen at its best? Does this need to be fixed? Does this need to happen? Does this need to go down? Now, as I go down my MVP list, I take a line and I draw it, draw it through that line. I draw it through that event and I do it all day long. And when I get to the end of that list, it's time to be done. I might look for a couple other things to clean up, you know, to get to get ready for tomorrow. I start my MVP for the next day so that I don't take it home with me and I'm in bed thinking, oh my God, I need to call Alec first thing in the morning. That I'm, I'm going to put it on there. I'm going to get it out of my head so that I can be 100% present at home. Being in the here and being in the now is the only way to find happiness. It's the only way. You can't find happiness in the past. That's called stress, guilt, grief. You can't find happiness in the future. That's called anxiety. Depression could be all these things. The only thing you can do anything about is right now. And so right now I need to make and have 13 conversations about real estate where I ask one of the three power questions. Right now I need to have that conversation, negotiate that contract. And it could be basic things like go to the gym. Like what do you want? Do you want it? Is, like, is that important to you? I've got to go. I have to exercise today. I have to write in my journal. I have to do the things that are necessary in order for me to be successful. Now I visualize my success down the MVP for the whole day. Does it work out my way? No. But more often than not, it does. More often than not, because I put intention towards it, I put it mm -hmm. out to the universe that this is what I want, and I'm going to show up wearing that character, and he's going to be doing his best. I've done the triggers. I'm going to show up, and when I go to that meeting, I'm undeniable. Mm -hmm. I've already seen it happen. They don't even know it yet. They're signing a contract today. They don't even know it. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm undeniable. And if I can do that throughout the day and I'm living an intentional life, by the time I get to the end of the day, if I have things that continually roll over that aren't getting done, it falls into the three D's. I either need to do it, delete it because it's not important to me, or delegate it and it might be time for me to hire someone. Ooh. And so this is this process of running through every day, running through every day, getting the things done. And this would apply to anyone running any kind of a business. There might be things that need to be getting done that aren't getting done in the business every day. It's, that's an indicator, a key indicator that you're missing someone important on your staff. 
And so as I'm doing this every single day, now I'm visualizing it, I'm writing it down, I'm getting it out of my brain. At the end of the day, I've drawn a line through every single thing. Now I can go be dad, Rob. I take that piece of paper and I fold it in half and I throw it in the trash. Gone. No more will I think about the things that I had to do today because I've done them. I've visualized my best and I've had, I did my best. I threw my best at it. That's all I can do. And then at the end of the day, I'm ready to go home and I can take the things that are going to haunt me for tomorrow, put me into the future mindset. I put them on the MVP for tomorrow. And so when I'm with Z, man, I'm 100% with Z. That's what I'm going to do. Hmm. And so I've used this process to get very clear about it. Now, there's a book called The One Thing, and it talks about that multitasking is a lie, that we can only do one thing at a time, especially us men. We're only good at one thing at a time, one thing at a time. These ladies, man, they could be doing eight things at the same time. The laundry's going, they're cooking dinner, they're helping the kid with the homework, they're doing all of it. You know what I mean? Not this guy. One thing at a time. And so how can I increase my effectivity, my effectiveness above my competition and that is that um we're spending a lot of time jumping from my the one thing to the next thing okay i was i was i was doing this one thing and then i had to answer that email now what was i doing i got to get back to that because i have it on my mvp the non-negotiable most important things that i need to do through the day bam 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 i go down that list and it gives me they estimate 20 percent more time throughout the day because i'm not spending my 20 percent trying to find to go back to where our that last email that I answered. I don't answer my emails throughout the day. If it's time for me to be on the phone prospecting, that's what I'm doing. And I'm setting a timer for the amount of time that I'm going to be doing that because I'm going to be doing it my very best for 45 minutes. Come hell or high water, the house can be on fire. This is what I'm doing. Do you know what I'm saying? It's and so I'm, I'm creating in my life time blocking, but not just time blocking, intentional time blocking with the visual of my success in it. And I'm going from one project to the next project much more quickly. And so my competition doesn't stand a chance. Not only am I more intentional in my life, visualizing my success, but I'm also doing it much more effectively. I get more done in my day than any of my competition does. Hmm. That's, oh man. MVP. MVP. I, I've, been, yeah. I've been struggling with that in the last, call it two months, okay? For those know that I've got some extracurricular uh, stresses IYK, going on. YK. Yeah. Uh, but I struggled with that. And, and the biggest thing I struggled with was it, we, in baseball, we called it paralysis by analysis, yep. right? It just, there's so much it has to happen. that has to happen. It becomes overwhelming and, and therefore you get nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and I've been same thing, but getting prepared for the day, like your first intentional thing that you do is to get prepared for the day. So I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read as much as I can for this 30 minute block. Then I'm going to go and I'm going to switch and I'm going to do editing videos and like my day, but I have to sit down and write it out in the morning. Now the 12 things and, and every, I do kind of a similar process. I didn't know we had a, the mini business plan for the day. That's, that's really good, but that is kind of what I'm doing to overcome that paralysis by analysis. And well, it's let, been, me, let me add into that the intentionality of it. Now I'm going to get on and I'm going to do the best editing I've ever done. I'm going to, I'm going to read more effectively and retain, like take a moment and like, appreciate the opportunity I get to I don't have to I get to and go at it like just fierce just go at it like I, I agree entirely and actually to one one step further that I've added to this I read this book ironically it's been open this whole time but um, it was called make time um, and one of the big things that it focuses on is in light of all of that you've got your tasks and everything to get through and what this book talks about is how that will blend but you throw it away on purpose which I think is Brilliant. You get throw the, the list away every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna deploy that. 
but it says really focus on the daily highlight too yeah and record the daily highlight yeah, the win the win yeah. what is that one thing because that's the one thing that you'll remember and that's the one thing that you're going to draw that accomplishment for the day from yeah you know, there's a book called The Gap and the Gain that you would really appreciate that talks about at the end of the day. Gap and the Gain? The Gap and the Gain. Gap. Um, it talks a lot about at the end of the day taking some time. And I fall asleep thinking about the win. So as I'm going into my REM, I'm thinking about, man, today I, hmm. I crushed that podcast or I, I killed that appointment or I really connected with my wife. Like that one thing. And it's always something different. And it doesn't have to be like significant. Like it didn't change the world, but it was the one thing I really did good at today. Yeah. Cause it's easy falling to bed being like, damn it. I could have done more. I got up my thing and then, yep. and that's what keeps you up. Well, you also don't, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you also don't want to get in the habit of like, I didn't make it to those last two things on that list, you know? And then I would internalize that as I failed today. Yeah. And it, that's not the case. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Yeah. So you gotta, you have to make sure that your focus and where you put your emotion, that accomplishment feeling that you're, you're carefully monitoring where it's at. The three D's, baby. I love the. That is my favorite part of what you described. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love all of it. I love the entire mini business plan. But particularly, I have I have struggled with that. The damn task that follows you like a like a, your shadow from one day to the next to the next, and you, you get I get like frustrated almost moving it from my list from yesterday. Like damn it yeah. again. And you look back, it's like for weeks. This why, yeah. and I, I never thought about that. Do it, de delete it, delegate it, yeah. and probably a lot of the things that I needed to, to delegate, honestly, yeah. that were important things. I knew I couldn't get rid of them off my list, but I didn't want to do them, yeah. or I wasn't capable. It's one of the hardest ones for me. Yeah. The, like coming, great of, coming of age is the delegating one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like because you inherently think like oh, I'm going to do this. I, I have to be the it's one to that be, does this. It's upon me. That's how right. we're raised, isn't right? It? Yeah. Right. And that's just not true. If it's up to me, it's up It's up to the people I surround yeah. myself with. My tribe is the one that's moving the needle forward. And delegating is very difficult. But luckily, I'm surrounding myself with people who are much smarter than I am that can do better at those things. Yeah. You know, Alec, can I get your help with this? Pfft, easy. Where I'm like, I can't get it done because it's outside my scope. And not only that, I'm incongruent with it. I, I don't even like doing that kind of a thing. <laughs> but Alec is like totally like, yeah, I do that all the time. I yeah. love that. Scott's a great example. I can hand off to Scott things that are outside my imagining. And he's like, oh, yeah, easy. I've got it. I'm going to dial that in. It's I'll call you back in 20 minutes. 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Amazing. Amazing. And so that's the secret um, in surrounding yourself, right? Yeah. So the, the, um, the MVP, the last thing that I want to say, when I fold that and I throw it in the trash, there's nobody, as a man, there's no one in my life that's going to every day say, boy, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. boy, you, you fucked today up. You, <laughs> you did it. You, you <laughs> killed it today. No one does that for me. There, I don't have a boss. Yeah. None of us do, ultimately. I mean, we might work for somebody, but there's that boss is, is very rarely going to be like... one boss that's going to do that anyway. And so when I throw that in there, there's a moment of... Boss Rob, that's a hat that I wear, that is like, hell yeah. Today, boom, I got it all done. I got it all done. Mm -hmm. I killed it today. There's days that when I get to the end, there's things that still need to be done on there, and I've got to run through the three Ds, and man, I still need to make those phone calls. All right. Get your ass up and go make the phone calls. You're not going to watch cartoons tonight. It's got to happen. I have to make that phone call. You just got to watch out that boss Rob doesn't fuck up uh, finance director Rob. Like, God, you're just giving away bonuses left and right, <laughs> yeah, man. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 
Uh, you got to be careful. But the um, but what I'm trying to say is that the do it is for me the hard thing. I'll get to the end of the day where there's no gas left in the tank, and I have to. It's on my list. This has to get done today, and I I get myself up and I go do it. Yeah. I go do it, and in so doing, um, in doing it, um, I am creating a discipline or an accountability with myself. I am not letting Rob down. Yeah. I was just about to say, how can you? How can other people expect you to keep promises to them if you aren't keeping promises to yourself? Now, when I've explained this, I explained this like nugget to you guys. But I want you to know, if you've been around me again for more than a few minutes, you have thought to yourself, "I would like to think, how's he? How's he doing that? How's he getting so much done?" This is how I do it. This is how I'm getting more done. This is how I can have a a charity and a business and a family and all of these things, because I'm super intentional about the activity. And the doing of it. And I'm going more quickly from one non-negotiable necessary thing that happens today to the next. I'm not spending time on Facebook or Instagram. or If I'm supposed to be on Facebook or Instagram, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing on Facebook or Instagram. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's intentional living. That is something that so I think social media managers struggle with. I, I myself personally have struggled with as a, someone who's been doing social media management since 2016 or 2015. It, it's really hard to stay on task. Yeah. The entire purpose of the platform is to get you off task. Yes. It's to keep you in it. Yeah. Even even in the meta suite, even in the business side of things, it's it's. Uh, did you check your? Did you check yeah. this thing? One did more you, thing. Oh, look, one more thing. Oh, there's a little notification up yeah. here. Did you want to? Oh, look, there's a bonus. If you spend twenty dollars, you get fifty dollars in ad spent. Like so many things yeah. that they're trying to throw you off with. So what I would recommend in that, because I'm in the same, I'm in the fireman business, like everything that I'm doing, I'm going to put out this fire, yeah. to put out this fire. I use an egg timer, very old school. I, yeah, I and that. I set the timer for the amount of time dedicated to this task. And when it gets to the end of that task, ding. And I'm like, huh, I, I just screwed that whole time away. I just, I, it happens. You get sucked into yeah. the vortex, but I, I am intentionally checking in on my time. I have a time tracker that I do once a quarter that I have to write down every 15 minutes what I've been doing for a week. Try that. I'd love to share it with you. You, it's you want to, it is hard. And the thing is, is that you realize that I am wasting a ton of time watching television or talking to people about stuff that has nothing to do with anything. I'm, right. I'm walking around the office and I'm wasting their time. I'm wasting my time. This 15 minute, it just is a great time tune up. And I talk about a lot of these things and it seems kind of, like nonsense but this is the only time that i get to be rob this is it i only have so many minutes in a day and i have to do my job better than my competition or i won't get paid i've got to have more time so that i can dedicate it to the charity because when i go home i want to be home i have to be very very intentional about everything that i do because i just don't have time to mess around yeah but then the other side is is that my personal time is also just as sacred it's mm -hmm. sacred time if it's time for me to be out in the hammock reading my book, all of the things on my list are done. I've done them. I get a reward myself. Yay. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be in my hammock, hammock like reading and thinking, oh, man, I should have answered that email. I should have called Jared. Back. Or you hear the ding. In the yeah. Dish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if that's the thing? So what I'm trying to do in this intentional living isn't to try to cram more garbage into my life. It's to cram more quality into, the, into my life. I want you guys to be clear about that. My job isn't to fill my life my MVP full of stuff that has to be done. It's things I get to do. I want to do them at the highest level. And then I want to take the time and do whatever I want with whomever I want, wherever I want. And that is called a fulfilling life. Yeah. 
So if you're not doing that, you're going to spend your whole day. Um, what's that principle where they talk about like most of people, if you're going on vacation on Wednesday, you get everything done for the week on Monday and Tuesday, everything, everything's done. You've crammed it all into two days. You're highly effective. Now, if we could think that way all the time and be highly effective five days out of the week, yeah. what else could we accomplish in our lives? And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to implement that pre-vacation mindset. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. I think a lot of people who are in my generation that's now kind of phasing into the the into a profession, whatever it may be, I think there's a, a really bad mentality going around of like, oh, I did that so efficiently and now I can take this this now it's like I've I've built myself in this slack time. But you're then you're kind of just furthering your your own struggles down the road right if you're not right. utilizing that time for the next thing and then filling in the next thing then you're just saving that to be an issue for yourself down the road that's right yeah. Yeah. choosing your heart yeah yeah back to I, I love the logical flow Thank of you. this this is like a this is a Boy. novel that i would read <laughs> the way you know the 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 value or, or the impact that you can have and the the uh, value you can extract only can happen in the here and now and so you you have created a system of of your own life that supports extracting maximum value from the here and now yes amen yeah thank that's you brilliant we just found a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh, well and that's i mean it, the the last insight that I will, will give from this uh this book that i'm reading is that uh the author said life, the world is your classroom and people are your lessons. And I think that's a really important thing to, to look to you and, and understand that you have d developed this with a great amount of, of hardship. This took, this was not something that just came to you overnight. This is experience playing itself out on, on this page that I'm taking notes on. And so it's, it's about me understanding that there's value here that I that I need to be paying attention to this lesson. I'm in class right now and ah, I'm getting the lesson. I love that. Yeah. I kind of came to the conclusion that I'm a I'm not a I'm a I'm an old pickup truck. You ever own an old pickup truck? Can you yeah. run outside in the morning and jump into that pickup truck and just start it and go to work? It's got to warm up. You got to warm it up. Sometimes you got to choke it. Sometimes <laughs> you got to check and make sure that there's 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 radiator fluid in there. You got to do see stuff. if the entire tranny floor yeah. like pans just dumped yeah. overnight. Yeah. You, you can't just jump into an old pickup truck and, and drive off. You got to do some stuff in the morning. You have to do some stuff throughout the day to make sure that it's going to continually run. And if you do those things, that old pickup truck, man, it will take you hunting. It will take you to work. That thing will not break down. But you got to make sure that there's air in that back right tire. You got to <laughs> check it. You have to. I'm an old pickup truck, and I know that if I don't do these things, I will run poorly. Hmm. And yeah. I feel like most men are old pickup trucks running poorly mm -hmm. because they're just jumping. They wake up in the morning, they put on their boots, and they roll out. They don't have intention. They don't do some of these things. And all day long, they get what they get. They have good days. They have bad days. They don't know what they're going to get. My job is to try to create as many good days in a row as possible. Mm -hmm. This next principle that I'm going to share with you is the one thing that I do that is the most effective way for me to create more good days than bad days. You ready? I'm ready. Ready. <laughs> I love you guys, by the way. <laughs> we love you too, Rob. Um, so I've been a journaler since the sixth grade. And people always ask me, what are you journaling about? What are you writing about? Are you writing about what you had for lunch? No. 
That's not what I'm writing about. There's a gentleman named Tony Robbins. You may have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal. He talks about your RAS, your reticulator activating system. The way that that works is that when you're looking to buy a white Ford F-150, guess what you see everywhere? White Ford F-150s. Man, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of those on the road. There was a bush that my wife wanted to buy to put in the front yard, and I'd never seen it before. And she, like, pulled it up online and looked at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great bush. And now guess what I see in everyone's yard all that the bush. time? That bush with the same cool leaves. I've never seen it before. The RAS is always looking for what it is we asked it to look for. If I decide that I want to look for a reason to be mad at my wife, guess what I'm going to find? A reason to be mad at your wife. Easy. Easy. It's easy to do. If I'm looking for a reason to be mad at work, hate my job, to be unfit, to choose, 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 I can find reasons. I can convince myself and I will find the evidence to convince myself of that thing. Do you follow me? Yeah. You make space in your own life for that thing. If I believe that all... Eskimos are left-handed. Every Eskimo that I meet, I'm going to believe is left-handed. If all liberals are dumb, then all liberals I meet, I'm going to assume are dumb. It's absolutely a false belief, but that's what I will look for, and I will find evidence to that case. Right. Always. So if that's true, then how can I use this tool to effectively make my life better? How can I start looking for those white Ford F-150s because that's what I'm really into? <clears throat> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So every morning I get my journal and for five minutes I set the timer, the egg timer, it's going. I write, I am, two very powerful words, we can talk about this another time, thankful for Jared Bayless. I am thankful for my health. I am thankful for my home. I am thankful for my motorcycle. I am thankful for my job. I am thankful for my success. I am thankful for, I don't write, I am thankful for one time and the list of things. I write the words, I am thankful for. And then I write these things down. I write down the things that I am thankful for. Sometimes if I don't raise my frequency and get into a place of gratitude, I'll let that timer ding and I'll go again and I'll fill up a whole page. If you look at my journal, there's pages and pages of, and it gets hard. If I can easily for five minutes write down, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for, I can go through it really quickly. My gratitude gauge is full. The gas tank is full. If it's hard to go for five minutes, sometimes it's very difficult for me to think of a single thing that I'm thankful for then I know that my heart is empty and my gratitude gauge needs to be filled up and I need to work on that until I feel gratitude. Once I find out what I'm thankful for, then what do I see all day? The stuff you're thankful for. All damn day. I'm thinking about, man, I am thankful for that. If I'm having a really bad day, one of the things I wrote in there is I'm thankful for Jared Bayless. You know, I'm going to call that fool today and tell him why. Jared, can I tell you why I'm thankful for you? And I've done that. You have done that. I've done that. In so doing... I am also raising your frequency. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. do. Yes. And when I get off the phone, man, I'm thinking about you. I just want you to know why I'm thankful for you today. I get off the phone. I share my brotherhood. I share my love for that person. And I don't know if it does for them as much good as it does for me, but I get off the phone and I'm, a, I'm, I'm raising my frequency. Now, all day long when I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at these problems, are they really problems? Yeah, of course. But so what? So this is easy. I can take care of this. I can figure this out. I can make this happen. If I can go into my life with a positive attitude on how I can and what I am thankful for, and I know this sounds very Pollyanna, and so what I say to people is try this for 30 days. Every day, Saturday and Sunday included, you write, I am thankful for, and you'd go on that. And if you're having a really low day, you have an actionable gratitude where you call that person or you... Mm. You take that dog for a little extra walk or you pour some love into the, I'm thankful for my motorcycle. I'm going to go out and clean it up. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. pick one of those things that you're thankful for and go show gratitude towards it. Put gratitude in that direction. Mm -hmm. As you're starting to do that, then 
all day long with your MVP, all day long as we're solving problems, because at the end of the day, each and every one of us is a problem solver. That's why someone pays me is to solve their problems, to read that contract, to negotiate it, to make it work. If I can do that from a place of gratitude at a higher frequency, I can't, I'm undeniable. I cannot lose. I will attract into my life things that I'm thankful for. Yeah. So now I'm waking up in the morning and I'm creating an attitude of gratitude and I'm going to work and I'm visualizing my success in the most important movements of the day. The most important, like this is the thing. If I win at this, I'm really winning. I'm taking that time with my MVP. I'm showing up with gratitude. I visualize my success. I'm doing actionable gratitudes. I'm going throughout the day. I'm creating an intentional life of gratitude. Now, once you start doing this, you're going to find you're going to bump into people who are intentionally negative. You'll bump in. There's, there's people that, yes, they love that stuff. They love it. They love to roll in it and rub it all over their bodies. Oh man, this shit smells good. You know what I mean? It's, it's disgusting, <laughs> yeah. but I'm rubbing this gratitude of gratitude. I'm rubbing it and I'm not for them. I, they will, they run away from me because I'm not their jam. I'm less super positive and I don't always feel that way. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I roll out of bed. This morning I rolled out of bed feeling like I had a million pounds of weight on my shoulders. I've got so much that needs to happen in the next 43 days. I'm not even going to get started. It's just a tremendous amount of pressure. I could have spent all day in that. I could have been paralyzed by that. But I don't choose to be that. I choose to live in gratitude. I choose to live in light. I choose to like make those choices and attract into my life the miracles and see the miracles and appreciate the miracles, even as they're little, even if they're tiny, because I'm thankful for them. And that's one of the things I'm thankful for. Now, as I'm doing this over and over again, people will be like, well, don't you just write the same things down? Aren't you writing the same thing down? You're <clears> thankful <throat> for your little girl. You're thankful for your motorcycle. You're, th <laughs> you're thankful for your wife. Yeah, I do. And in so doing, I define my why. You and I, as a man, have to have a clear why. We have to have a hill, a hill to charge. If we don't have a hill to charge, Alec, we are living a purposeless life. Mm. We feel listless. We feel like, what am I even doing right now? Like, look, I just had another birthday and I just did the same year as I did the last year. Yeah. Like, I am not growing. I need a hill to charge and I won't charge that hill unless I'm clearly charging it for a reason. Men that carry that flag up the hill will charge a hill. I'm charging the hill because those are my colors. That's my why. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what your why is as a man, you do not have the battery to continually run successfully every day. You will burn out because you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm charging the hill. It's because I'm supposed to? Because my boss said I'm doing a good job? Why am I doing this? This is called the midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a defined why. I'm inviting you guys to write in your journal every day, I am thankful for, I am thankful for. Find the things that you're thankful for. And there's going to be three or five things that are in there every day. I'm thankful for my girls. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the freedoms that I have in my life. I'm thankful for my healthy body. If I'm thankful for that every day, do you think I'm going to eat an extra piece of cake? I might have a piece of cake, but do you think I'll have the extra piece? No. My why is to live healthy. My, my why is to, to, to slide into that coffin completely healthy. Like I'm going to be the most healthy dead dude you've ever seen <laughs> because up to the day I die, I don't want to miss an opportunity to go on that motorcycle ride, to go on that walk, to do yeah, the things yeah. that bring me joy. There's my why. That's a hill that I can charge. The reason that I keep bringing up the why, they, I keep coming over and over again because when I first got into real estate, my coaches kept saying, well, what's your why? What's your driving purpose? And I didn't know. For about three years, I had no idea 
why I was working so damn hard, harder than any other real estate agent in my brokerage, harder than any rookie of the year, harder. I was working hard. Why? I burned out. Once I started to realize that every day as I was writing down, I am thankful for this, 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 that showed up every time, my why became super clear and I'll take a bullet for my why. I will. Hmm. I would die on that hill because it's so valuable and important to me as a man to know the reason that I'm getting out of bed today is because these three things matter to me and these three things are the, the thing. This is, this is it. I'm going to, I'm killing dragons today. I'm doing hard stuff today because I know why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for significance anymore. I don't care if someone pats me on the back and says, you're doing a hell of a job. I know I'm doing a hell of a job. I don't care if someone's like, I really like you. I think you're cool. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that these people that I love more than anything in the world, more than myself, more than anything in the world are getting the things that they need and that they're meeting, I'm meeting their needs. The second thing is, is that I have my pillars and those things will never be, I will never, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to, I'm always going to do my best. I've got these pillars. I'm always going to do those things. If I can focus on that and coming at it with that attitude of gratitude, I, I have a better day. I have a better day. I'm going to roll out of bed and I'm not going to think, oh man, Monday, God, today I have to go to work and I have to take my clothes to the dry cleaner. I'm just like, guess what I get to do today? Guess what yeah. I get to do? And I've got the clear list of those things. I've already seen me win the Super Bowl in all of those things. Tell well, me. Okay, can I ask you? Let's go about is, the journal, the journaling thing. I want to know the order. So you wake up. Obviously, because we've talked about too, you've got the you do the the gratitude, all these thankful force. I'm with you. We make the mini business plan. You're getting an exercise in there at some point. What is the actual order for um, the morning? So I roll out of bed. I go to the gym. Right, right. Away. I drop right into my gym shoes. There's no stopping, standing, or staring. My bag is right and there. The mini business plans the day before. The mini business plan starts happening the day before. Oh, really? That's yeah. okay. written and kept. In your office in my for office the next day. For the next day. Yeah. Because so I don't want to take those to things to bed. That. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to have see. to think okay. about that, right. the hard things. I want, I, it's on the, oh man, I got to call tougher. Oh, it's on the MVP. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to have to worry it. about it's that. I got it. It's there. So that happens the day before. Um, jump out. Um, I go to the gym. I get home. I, uh, I do my, so the gym is, um, you know, of course, working out on stretching and cardio. It's all those parts. Then I start my healthy diet. I have, um, I'm in my office looking at my MVP, and I'm, I'm kind of going. That's it. I'm kind of at it. Then. When does when does the gratitude journal come in? Oh, good point. Um, so as I'm in my office and I'm looking at my MVP, I've got my journal open. I'm going to do my five minutes, and then before I get mm -hmm. on the phone, before anything else can happen, that's my green light. Once that's done, then I'm ready then to go. Then you're ready. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And I know that everybody has a different schedule. I can't do that. I don't have enough time in the morning. Man, get your ass up. Get up a little bit earlier. I don't care. Like there's a book called The Miracle Morning. Um, there's one for real estate agents. There's a Miracle Morning for all these different like types of people. Just get the general Miracle Morning and start implementing that. Do the gratitude journal for 30 days. Just try it. I am thankful for. Just give it a shot and see how it changes your attitude about everything. Yeah. It's amazing how it changes your attitude. And once you start changing your attitude, then the friends start to leave your life that no longer serve you or serve your 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 greater purpose. And it just is this powerful thing. And um, if I miss it, if I'm on vacation, if I'm on the plane at five o'clock in the morning, I'm writing it. I'm in my journal. I carry my bag around. And the reason I carry a bag around is because it carries my journal. 
there's nothing else in there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's my wallet and my journal and my keys. That's it. And I'm taking it with me everywhere. Get a journal that you're proud of. Go online mm-hmm. and get a cool journal that's got something on there that's meaningful to yep. you. Like, get something that's badass. Don't have a spiral notebook. Mm-hmm. Don't have something that's garbage. Like, carry something around that's cool. Yeah, like these notes. I'm I'm literally already planning that I'm going. I will be taking a picture after we're done with this, and then I will be tr- transcribing these notes into my actual notebook. So that's how I start my journal every day. Now, sometimes after I get done with my five minutes, then I have things in my heart that I want to. I want to work on. I'm working. I'm doing some inner child work. I'm doing some, some shadow work. I'm doing some different things in there that I'm working on, which is, that's okay. I spend some time doing that before I get on the phone, but I don't, I'm not writing. It's not a travel log. You're never going to see what I ate in there. I write letters to people. There's letters to, to you in there. I've got letters to you in there. When I'm gone, I want people to read my journals because they want to read those letters. I've got tons of letters to my kids, things that I can't say to them. That's pretty great. Yeah. Can it's you imagine brilliant. after I'm gone, they're reading a letter from ghost dad. That's like, I'm so very proud of you. The decisions that you're making right now are very difficult for me to watch. I, if I could tell you anything, this is what I would say because you can't always communicate clearly. I've got letters to my wife that I'm angry and I'm going to write this shit out rather than yeah. say it because I need to write it out. There's a lot of different things in there. I've written letters to my dead parents because I've got stuff I need to talk about with my dad. I miss him. I yeah. miss my dad. Miss my mom. I want to write them a letter. And whatever. You can call it crazy, whatever you want. But this is the stuff that gets in your head that you have to get out on paper. You have to get out in an electronic format if it's necessary so that you can have it out of your head. Because the things that I need to do today, wearing those different hats, playing at a high level, there's no room to burn bandwidth on anger towards Jared or towards my daughter. I I don't have space to be mad at you. Right. And so why not digest it and get it out? And one day they're going to get to read that or not or not. After my mom and dad passed away, I'll tell you, I heard my kids arguing and they weren't arguing about the family ring or the, the, the books. We've got some pretty amazing kind of Adam's family artifacts. They were only arguing about my journals. Well, when dad dies, I get the journals. That was so impactful to me because they had just watched me liquidate my mom and dad's estate. They had both passed away and I was, I'm the oldest. I was going through it. They don't give a crap about any of the stuff, the cars and the motorcycles and all that stuff. It's just stuff. But the shelf of nonsense is something to debate over, Hmm. which is cool. If you think about it, that's kind of cool. I don't think they'll be able to read most of it. Have you seen my handwriting? It's it's absolutely (laughs) terrible, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they can read it or not. They're going to see a letter that starts out with Dear Mariah, and they're going to be able to go through and, and know that I was loving on them then. Yeah. So... Some cool stuff about journaling, and I could go into journaling and talk about it all day, but the one thing that I want to say is that every day the one non-negotiable on my MVP is to journal my gratitudes Hmm. because that's powerful medicine. Yeah, I like that. That's You have to set your mind frame every day. It says in the Bible that the natural man is an enemy to God. I quote that scripture because... I don't necessarily know if the writer of that scripture meant actual enemy to God, but maybe he was referring to the fact that we are predisposed to think negatively. Yep. Our natural default setting is pessimism. Yeah. Yep. And I just think that that's not okay. I'm not a natural man. I am an exceptional man. Yeah. I am a warrior. And as a warrior, I need to show up at the highest level to be the strongest that I can be, have my weapons the ready, sharp, ready to go. And my weapons are mindset. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so can, it's the modern it's the modern weapons. The modern weapons, and you cannot be, um, you cannot coast in this area. This is something that takes a tremendous amount of discipline, in order to continually create more better days, good days than bad days. I like that. Raise your frequency first thing in the morning. Attack the day. Attack the day. Yeah. I'm running at the day. Well, it's no different than anything else. You you have to prepare for the day. See, what is it? See peace, pacem, parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war, right? Yeah. You have to prepare. Any situation that you're doing, if you're going in to, to sell a house, right? You got to be prepared. You got to know what the what the facts are, what the yeah. what the offers are, what everything is. Yeah. The more prepared you are, the easier that's going to be. But Same not thing just with information. Not just information. Like, how am I showing up? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But being prepared—that's how you win anything. Yeah. If you're not prepared, use the baseball reference again, right? If you're not prepared, you don't do your homework. The pitcher's going to make you look stupid every single time. Yeah. But if I go up there and I go, I know he, I know if I can get this to a two-two count, he is going to throw me a fastball every single time. See ya. Got to get prepared. Yeah. yeah. That's what this. I run. I'm 100% with you because of everything else going on. I am dead focused on this. Yeah. I mean, I'm to the point where I'm reading a book because I want to. I want to sit here in this this conversation. And I want to get prepared for my son when he gets here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is this is vital to me right now. Yeah. Because I want to I want to be the very best that I possibly can having Bring the these best conversations. Weapons. Yeah. Best weapons yeah. I can. Yeah. And if I if I need to up the ante on this, then damn it, I will. And if I have to wake up at four, I'm waking up at five right now. If I have to wake up at four to get all this accomplished, that seems appropriate because by the time ten o'clock comes around, I want to fall into bed and we're going to wake up and we're going to do it all again tomorrow. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. Um, where I'm going with this is um, for my whole life until I was perhaps 38 or so, I was living an unintentional life. I uh, went to a church service um, at a non-denominational uh, Protestant church, and they talked about living an intentional life. And it was the first time I'd heard those words, living an intentional life. What do you mean? I get to choose? I get to choose my own happiness? I get to choose who I hang out with? I get to choose what I get to think about all day? You abs- That's your only choice. I don't get to choose what happens to me. I don't get to choose the good or the bad that comes my way. I get to choose how I react. And I get to do that by preparing myself to do so in the best manner possible. And so that's my only control in life is my ability to react to the data that's presented to me. And my job is to react as quickly and efficiently as possible. These tools are the ones that I've used because I'm an old pickup truck. I realize that every day I have to, I have to check the air in the tires. I have to do the things every single day or I will run poorly. Can I run? Yeah, for sure. I can, I can throw the key in and go down the road, but there's a chance of me burning out during the day. Mm. So the reason that I come back to the old pickup truck and the burning out, blowing up the motor, whatever it is, is that how close are you every day to blowing the motor? How close are you running every day? Because you're not living an intentional life. You're not showing up with these tools in your toolbox. You're getting up every day and you're rolling out and you're hoping for the best. Yeah. I had a thought that yeah. it's kind of like your finances, right? A lot of people, a lot of people like the worse your finances get, the more difficult it is to even look at your finances and it's mm-hmm. the spiral. Yeah. And it's the, I feel like it, it, you're describing it, it, there's a currency of life in a way. And if you're not, if you're not keeping track of how you're spending it, if you're not keeping track of your budget at the end of the day, you, you don't, you might you hit the red right yeah. and what's hitting the red for for your life you hit some 
some monumental opportunity you can't find. Yeah. yeah, you have a health crisis. You, yeah. you know, there's so many different things that could that could spiral out of control if you're not keeping if you're not budgeting your own life. So the point that this pastor made at the end of his sermon, um, and this guy was he was he was masterful in his delivery of his message was. Um, how many people of you, how many of you are waiting for your ship to come in? And I thought, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. I'm waiting for that opportunity to arrive. He said, this world is no longer for those waiting on their ships. Your job is to swim out into the ocean. You grab that boat by the bow and you pull it to shore. That's your job. There's no longer a waiting for the opportunity. It's creating the opportunity. It's being in the right place for the opportunity and then being prepared to receive that opportunity in its fullness. The universe is conspiring for my best interest. I have to swim out and find out what that is though. I've got to grab that. And I can't do it if I'm in a bad mood. I can't do it if I'm angry. I can't do it if I'm depressed. I can't do it. Stressed. Stressed. Even hungry. Hungry. I can't do it if I'm in overload. I can't do it. And so what can I do? What can I do? And these are the things that I'm doing every day. I share these nuggets with you in my, in my journal because these are the things that I do to run the truck. But more importantly, I'm sharing it with you because it's a way to create, in the long run, a healthy life full of um, fulfillment rather than the temporary fleeting joy that we're all chasing after in these, in this, in these days. Do you guys follow me on that? Yeah. Because your motorcycle is only cool for a minute and then it's only a motorcycle. That new car is only cool for a minute and then it's a car. These are only things. What can I do to create a higher quality of life? And that's what I want to invite you to do with this challenge for the next 30 days to write down for five minutes, I am thankful for, and and spend some time becoming intentional about developing the character, defining your success in these areas, creating an opportunity for you to then have a hill for you to charge. Happiness for men is found in charging the hill. Yeah. And you I might, agree with that. And you might want to, you might be charging the wrong hill. And that's my message. Those are the nuggets that I wanted to deliver today. Anything you guys want to add? Well, I just real quick, it, it, those listening in us here, and I know that you and I have had this conversation a couple of times. This is the biggest cheat code that we could manifest in our lives. And I'm going to give you a sorry, bud, but we've got you've got 20 years on us of an intentional living and learning this. Yeah. This is such an opportunity for us to play with cheat codes at 25, 30, 30 years old, right? We start implementing this now. I got kind of goosebumps because we're, we're, yeah, we're so, literally I'm bringing so this stuff in was, yeah, 20 a... years before you started. And, and sorry, everybody here, not in a bad way, but we're all envious of where you're at. That's where we're trying to go. Huh. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but this is how you do it. This is beyond powerful, and I, uh, we're going to hold each other accountable yeah. to doing this, yeah. okay? Let's start with this, and we're not going to stop with this, all right? We're going to do this on a regular basis, but I really just want everybody to realize how impactful this is to find this knowledge 20, 20 years before you found it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is actually playing with cheat codes. We had a conversation recently where you were talking about kind of the, the place that I'm in in my life, just getting out of college, just kind of starting a job, figuring it all out, and, and that, you know, that I didn't necessarily know what the hill was that I was charging. And I started thinking about that, and, and I had a hard time trying to understand what my hill was. And the insight of 
I think a lot of people are doing that backwards. Yeah. I think a lot of people are looking at what they want in terms of like, God, Rob's got that nice bike. He's got the, the house, the car. Like, okay, that's the hill that I'm charging. But it's not that. It's not the you want that so you're going to go get it. It's the these are the things that I care about. And you identify that over time. It charges the battery. Yeah. And, and then, then and then you're you're setting out to care for those things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the secret. Yeah. And it, other if you do it the other way, if you're you do it backwards, you burn out. Exactly. And we see in the culture a lot of burnt out humans. Yeah. That's that what I didn't th- think about. That threw themselves into the industry, threw themselves into the private business, whatever it is, but they're not remembering why they did that. Yeah. You can't charge the hill. <clears throat> you can't go to battle. If you're not prepared for it, yeah. But all of this that we're talking about are the techniques and whatnot to prepare you to charge for that hill, right? And identifying the hill because we're also built into this are the like you just said. You're also like building what hill you're trying to charge, right? 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 So it, it is kind of a yeah. chicken and egg type of thing, yeah. Right? For sure. But if you just if you know what the hill is, that's great. How the hell are you going to charge it if you're not prepared? Da, da, da. <laughs> message received boys i'm very proud of you for hearing what i had to say today because a lot of times as i put these principles together people like it they miss the point yeah they miss the real message and that is what we're talking about right now yeah. it's powerful stuff if you've enjoyed this podcast if you've enjoyed the message that we've shared with you today share this message with your friends get out there share this podcast like it make comments on it and let people know that you've learned something valuable. If um, there's something that you would like to have us talk about, also put it in the messages. We would love to have your feedback because we're trying to create value for you in your life. Thank you for being a part of the American Masterminds podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.